good morning. You're listening to 3CR, the only radio left. Yes, you are listening to 3CR. You're listening to Left After Breakfast. Susanna here with you this morning, and we'll have our usual suspects coming in later on. So stay tuned. You're listening to 3CR 855 AM on digital and on the internet, www.3cr.org.au. And I'd like to start off this morning with a whinge about our present federal government. No, not exactly a whinge, because a whinge is peevish complaint, fractious, irritable. I have very solid, very reasonable complaints against the federal government. Where to start? It's hard, isn't it? This is a time when we, as the public of Australia, we crave unity and strong leadership, and we expect our governments to manage the crisis of the pandemic in the best way possible. But all we can see is tribal partisanship. It's perhaps at its worst level ever in Australian history, just like the partisanship within the media, which is pretty keen to see a return of this federal government at the next election. And that election may be with us earlier than we think. Well, the theory is that New South Wales will open up in late October, irrespective of how high the daily case numbers are, irrespective of how many deaths there are from coronavirus, and that we will have an election in the following November. As I said earlier than you think. You know, I wonder about the Liberal Party sometimes. Have we seen the end of it? Well, I suppose we have seen the end of it. You know, I grew up in the Liberal Party of Robert Menzies. In fact, I could say my life was formed by Menzies and Mannix. But this party we're seeing at the moment is not Robert Menzies' Liberal Party. It's John Howard's Liberal Party. And, of course, it is illiberal. It is intolerant and it neglects the people who are not in their little circle. This modern Liberal Party is a very, very ultra-conservative mob with the worst trace of Boris Johnson and that revolting Trump. Look, political parties need to be relevant to the needs of the community, but as the world takes a turn towards more communitarian values, here in Australia we're stuck with a reactionary group of extremists who are increasingly more and more out of touch. Now, this doesn't mean that the Labour Party will automatically win the next federal election. They have their own problems, as we can see, and they still need to convince a lot of the electorate that they can be a viable government. But they have a much better chance of winning the next election than they did at the beginning of 2021. Gosh, you know the Labour Party and elections. Somehow I often think that they get together and say, now, what can we do to stuff up the next election? Thank you. 
I think I'm actually very soft on the, let's call them what they are, the Liberal National Party. It takes two parties in Australia to beat one. The LNP are, without any doubt, the worst, most malignant, inept and dangerously undemocratic regime that Australia has ever had to endure. The smug, smirking Morrison has proven himself to be a cowardly, non-achieving, who just so happens to be a callously inhumane, Bible-thumping hypocrite and a signed-up member of the internationally notorious pedophile-protecting cult of Hillsong. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to say cult. It is a church. It's the internationally notorious pedophile-protecting Church of Hillsong. I do apologise, listener, for that terrible slip of my tongue. But let's move away from registered churches, no matter how weird they may be when they sit in government. Talking of Christians, and I suppose Christian values... I'd like to pay homage, I'd like to pay my respects to someone who just left us this week, and that's someone who embodied the Christian values that so many registered churches do not have. And that was the wonderful Merle Mitchell, social justice advocate. We lost Merle earlier this week. Merle is always remembered for being determined and compassionate because she spent her life fighting for the rights of those people less powerful in society. She started off as a kindergarten teacher before moving into community and advocacy work. She eventually served as the president of ACOS from 1989 till 1993. She got a gong in 1991, so she's Mel Mitchell A.M. You may remember her particularly from 2020 when she emerged as a voice for aged care residents during the Royal Commission into Aged Care, where she spoke about the reality of living in an aged care home in Victoria. She left a powerful message to all of us about what true leadership really is. It's not about, you know, thumping a Bible. It's not about talking in slogans. It's living with true courage. Our community is richer for her having lived in it. And I really extend my deepest sympathy to her friends and family. I always remember what she said at the Council of Ageing in 2018 when she said, and these are her words, 
I think I became a community activist because whenever I saw there was something that needed to be done, I thought we should do something about it. I really like that. Not they should do something about it, but we should do something about it. And we should listen and we should take an example. Vale, Merle. Ave, atque, vale. And I'll take the opportunity here to play a little Scottish song. It's in Scottish Gaelic, so please don't ask me to pronounce the name of it. But it's a lovely song, and it's about how our spirits and our hearts will be lifted. The joys of life will come back to us. Grief will be lifted from us, and it won't be long until we are as we were. I think it's appropriate for us to play right now, living under this terrible pandemic, and also to remember Merle, that grief will be lifted from us and we will go on. One of the positive things about recording Left After Breakfast at Home is that I get to use my own music. Most of it's um, on stuff that I can't get into 3CR, into the studio to play. And I can pick my own. There's no one to say, oh, do we have to hear that? I can just please myself. And that was Julie Fowlis with a couple of her friends. I have a 
huge pile of music from Julie Fowlis, a lovely lady from South West. South West is where one branch of my family came from. It's in the Inner Hebrides. Ah, good morning. You're listening to 3CR, the only radio left. We are indeed, and probably the only radio station that you hear someone like myself on the side of France in this absolutely dreadful diplomatic smack in the face that Morrison just handed to our trading partner of France. Does he know nothing about diplomacy? Was he away from school the day they taught that? Or is he just too thick to comprehend? Or perhaps he just doesn't care? From our experience of Morrison and his policies for Australia, I'd be tempted to say he just doesn't care. He doesn't hold a hose. He doesn't care about diplomatic relations with anyone except our big buddy in USA. Well, we're going to pay for that, listener. We are really going to pay. I'm not going to go on about nuclear submarines. Something that went through Parliament without any discussion. Did it go through Parliament at all or did he just announce it? In any case... We have had a big deal with France, billions of dollars worth, and he just threw it away like that. Poof, as the French would say. Le pouf. We are saying goodbye to thousands of jobs in South Australia, thousands of apprenticeships, and we're saying goodbye to future trade or any agreements with the EU. Angela Merkel who's done a wonderful job with the EU, will be stepping down in a couple of months and the person to take over her place will be Monsieur Macron. And France is not happy with us at all. So forget about any, you know, deals, any trade, any friendship that we had with France. It's gone because of the deceitful way that this deal was dismissed He didn't even tell anyone in France. He just announced it in the media, and that's how they found out. Can you imagine that? I just hope France doesn't declare war on us. They've got enough reason to, for heaven's sake. Though, mind you, when John Howard dropped Australian army members onto the deck of a Norwegian vessel, I fully expected Norway to declare war because dropping the army on their ship was an act of war. As recently as the end of August, Dutton and Marisa Payne held their inaugural Australia-France 2 plus 2 ministerial consultations with their French counterparts and they underlined the importance of the future submarine program. Oh, well, big deal. But isn't this really... Really, really Morrison. It's his own work, conceived and executed in secrecy, kept to the smallest possible number of colleagues, details to be worked out much later, and little concern, if any at all, for the incidental fallout. Ah, never trust an Australian, eh? That's a good lesson for Europe to learn. And a damned good lesson for Indonesia and Malaysia to learn as well. And, of course, tensions with China are now escalated. Never trust an Australian, eh? Now, I'm going to be a real dag here, listener. 
and I'm going to play a song from France. I'm going to play their national anthem, not because I'm a Francophile, no, no. No, I want to play this song because I really like the melody. I like everything about it, really. I used to have this on a vinyl record, and I cleverly converted, with the help of the equipment in 3CR, I converted it into an audio cassette. Remember those things? Can you remember audio cassettes? But then a friend of mine, Chris Gaffney, converted my audio cassette into a compact disc. Well, who remembers those? And I, of course, managed convert what was on the compact disc into an audio file in mp3 that's in my computer and I can now play it the legendary Mireille Mathieu with La Marseillaise à nos enfants de la patrie jour de gloire
Okay, don't jump on the phone and start complaining about my militaristic choice of music. I really like uh, the Marseillaise. I like the melody and I love the lyrics. Whoa, I hope the French aren't so bloodthirsty now. That Jean de Guerre was picked up by the Republic in 1795 and it was sung in Paris by volunteers from Marseille marching to the capital. And if you, well, next time you're in France, have a look at the Arc de Triomphe and there's a fabulous sculpture on the side of it which shows you the volunteers from Marseille marching into Paris. I like revolutionary songs, songs that sing about the power of the people when they march against oppressors. And that's why I like that song. I like the melody too. And something else I like is their regular guest Ask Bucko, he'll tell you. Good morning, this is Mark Buckley, broadcasting on 3CR, Left After Breakfast. The title of the piece is Another Farcical Week in Australian Politics. We could uh, name it every week, couldn't we? The last week has thrown up some thorny political issues. Firstly, there was Christian Porter, thinking it was okay to accept bucket loads of cash from anonymous donors to pay a private account as the previous minister in charge of drafting the Federal Integrity Commission Bill, you would think that he would know what the words meant. He delayed that bill for over 1,000 days. It has never been completed. And now we're relying on Michaelia Cash. Good luck with that. When the ABC presented its defence, Porter then went to court to suppress the defence. That cost lots more money. I'm sure most of us would find out the fees before engaging a team of fancy lawyers. There is an old saying that if you have to ask what something costs, you probably can't afford it. We were then exposed to one of the biggest cop-outs in our history. We heard the Prime Minister's pathetic approach to accountability. Morrison stated that Porter upheld the ministerial code of conduct by breaking it and then by resigning because he broke it. But by resigning, he upheld it. Anyway... He then went on to say that he wasn't the boss of the parliament, but only the boss of the ministry. That would be news to every other PM in our history. It's an excellent reason why the current Prime Minister should actually call an election and see how we feel about him and his team of clowns. Porter is to be replaced in the portfolio of industry, innovation and science by Angus Taylor. Mr Taylor is the minister who has a pathological aversion to wind farms, And he also believes that the ute is about to be made illegal. 
The Chaser website says that Taylor is the least qualified minister for science since the last minister, Christian Porter. We should tell him the new submarines are powered by gas. Submarine diplomacy. Then we had the submarines controversy. We broke a huge contract with a close ally, but we didn't bother to tell them beforehand. Mr Morrison said there was no way Australia could have been more transparent with the French without potentially derailing the highly sensitive deal with the US and Britain. He did try to ring them the night before the announcement, but he couldn't get through. Oh well. So Morrison said we had to be sneaky, but Peter Dutton, who will be an old man when the first submarine arrives in Australia, stated that Australia had been open and honest with the French about its concerns with the project which had been beset by cost blowouts and delays. This is a tricky situation. Morrison's word versus Dutton's word. This was a $90 billion contract and we have already spent $2.4 billion on it, now down the drain. There will also be huge break fees, a broken relationship, the possible loss of a free trade agreement with the EU, but Morrison gets to boast about being America's deputy again. We could have bought lots of hospitals, but hey, everyone loves a nuclear sub. He also committed us to nuclear power with no debate in Parliament. We decided that we were possibly going to war against China if Washington says so. We will not see a submarine until at least 2040, so we, we have gone from having no modern submarines to having no nuclear submarines. We do not know the price at all. Someone should explain to Morrison that when you buy expensive military hardware, you're not buying them from our so-called friends, the Americans, but from a multinational arms dealer. In 2002, the Howard government ignored military advice that it was too soon to join the F-35 program and directed the Air 6000 program to settle on the Joint Strike Fighter. The expected cost was $28 million per fighter in 1994 US dollars. That's food for thought. We still haven't seen... I think we've got two of them, and they don't work. Anyway, our Liberal Prime Ministers seem to have a bit of a thing for American weapons. Maybe they should just grow up. Thank you for listening. You can find Mark Buckley at markbuckleymedia.com. Mark with a K. markbuckleymedia.com. You're listening to 3CR 855 AM on digital and on the internet, www.3cr.org.au. 3CR! And it's time to hear from the BL from the bush, who's still suffering from the earthquake the other morning. Hello, comrade. Hello, listener. It's the BL from the bush calling in, shaken. And a bit stirred, as I think quite a few of you would be. But uh, all's well and good is the main thing. We uh, got through the (laughs) shake, rattle and roll this morning. All is good. So I hope uh, we're all still bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. I hope the same applies to you in the big smoke. And I also hope that you're all jabbed up, been there and get yourselves vaccinated and looking after yourselves, your family, people in your community, which really is what it's all about. But unfortunately, as we all know, there are some people there, people out and about at the moment that are just nothing but selfish, just completely selfish to what's what they can do to a community, what they can do to their own families. They are ignorant, arrogant, 
and for some reason, I don't really know why, but they seem to think that the propaganda that they're reading straight out of America or whatever is, 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 is right. But as we all know, it's not. It's just straight out selfishness. But uh, on that, I would just like to say congratulations to the hardest working people going around at the moment, and that is the uh, the employees of the, the, the hospital system, uh, our nurses, doctors, receptionists, anyone involved with that. They just need so much attention. They need so much admiration. They need looking after. They need They need everything that they're giving to us put back to them because really what they've had to put up with over the last two years is nothing nothing compared to what anyone else has had to go through and i keep going back to this selfishness of other people have it just just think that what's going on in those hospitals for those workers in that hospital is is just it's heartbreaking really what they've got to put up with but they're not whinging they're getting on with it they're doing it and that's the thing they're not whinging about it that's their job and they're doing it and that it sort of shines a light on a few other people around the place that are having a bit of a whinge well you know get in there for five minutes or get in there for a couple of hours a day and just let's see what it's all about and again I, I just acknowledge that the workers in in the hospital system and from the top to the bottom uh, you, you've, you've done a great job congratulate you for it and this is why I say to everyone and keep saying to everyone get yourself vaccinated because it's just not yourself and your family and everything you're looking after it's it's your fellow comrades it's your fellow worker and they are the ones that really that you're going to need in in that we are all are going to need in the future to give us a chop out now it's yeah why i say that is that we we all just might have different reasons to go to the doctor and all of a sudden we find out oh this 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 and that's happening to you and you're getting up in hospital our uh, unfortunately, people don't get themselves jabbed up or vaccinated. Those beds aren't going to be available. They're going to be available to the selfish people that think that they know better. They're going to be taking those spots from the community, from the people that have done the right thing, because the hospitals um, and the people in there, don't, they, they're colourblind, they're, they're race blind, they're all that. That doesn't matter. If someone comes in the door, they'll treat them. And again, hats off to them all for that. But those selfish people uh, that are going in there are taking away a facility that should be for you, your, your family, your children, your grandchildren, or whatever. And they need all the they need all the help. They need all the applause, congratulations that we can bestow on them. I think uh, they need it because you know they they are under they are under the pump, and I really feel feel for them just as as workers because those people too have families. They do have families. And they're, they're there supporting us, and then they have to go home to their own. And they are just buggered. They're walk, they're, you know, they're, they are really, they're, they're just walking into walls at the moment. So I, I don't care. It's just my own view about anyone that doesn't get themselves vaccinated, uh, apart from professional medical advice, are just selfish to what else is, is going, going on out there. So that's my bit of a spiel on uh, what I think about. Just said some of the shenanigans that are going on. Some some poor people that think that they're so hard done by. Well, just get in, get into a hospital anywhere in the country, spend a couple of hours there, and see how you're going. So that's probably the end of me for today. As I said earlier, shaken and well stirred, but uh, well, and uh, I'll just sign out the same old way. Dare to struggle.
there to win. If you don't fight, you lose. Good morning for left after breakfast. In with dogs and mace, I'll hold the line, won't step away, cause you can't break me. I belong, you belong, we belong to the union. Don't count me out when I'm on the floor, we'll win again, we've won before. The streets will ring with a mighty roar, cause you can't break me. Stocks rise up on workers' backs, profits soar while you hand out the sack. Boardroom bullies, bloated and fat, but you can't break me. Australia's sold to mates offshore, backroom deals and shonky law. This day has come, we say no more. You can't break me. I belong, you belong, we belong to the union. I belong, you belong, we belong to the union. I'll never lay down and die I'm in the union, mate, got a right to belong We'll be back, millions strong Women and men united as one Cause you can't break me There's a warning here to the men in grey The piper's come, it's time to pay We're taking back what you stole away Cause you can't break me I belong, you belong, we belong to Well, good morning, bad man. And good morning, Susan, and good morning to your myriad of listeners. Myriad? Myriad, look, just a word that uh, came out of the back of my head. You, you would be surprised what uh, what goes around in my scone, Susan. But look, we should make a disclaimer here. Um, because of COVID, we have to record this program on a Wednesday afternoon. So we are not all that up to date. We're not, we're as much up to date as we can be uh, for a Wednesday morning. 
So some things that have been going on in Victoria at the moment really do need to be described, unfortunately. Now, look, please, there has been some demonstrations outside of the CFMEU office during this week, attended by anti-vaxxers, conspiracy theorists, all-round uh, wacko jobs. But one thing, the one thing lacking at the protest outside of the CFMEU offices were union members. Now, as a proud union mem- unionist, I know that proud human- union members take pride in wearing the union's clobber. I did not see one union jumper, T-shirt or cap amongst the crowd of sooks and cowards on that day. But I know whose side I'm on, and all I can say is bring it on. My money is on the union and the construction industry in general. It really is a sad day when the CFMEU office, and personally, I took it very personally because that office or that building is named after John Cummins. I'll have something to say about him uh, in a minute. But one of the organisers and one of the people that were Gene uh, people up was a bloke called Stephen Chichak, and you spell that C I C A K from a company called I N D Formwork. Now, uh, Stephen come up came out with the greatest misquote uh, of the century because Stephen comes from Croatia, and he said, "If we don't win." We are going back overseas where we came from. Well, maybe you can. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe you, you will. Maybe you can join those people that have been in a demonstration waving Donald Trump flags. Yes. And also, um, you'll probably notice uh, also outside of the or uh, upper lane beside the uh, CFMU building was two so-called building workers who were using meth amphetamine uh, to get themselves all fired up. So it goes to show just how uh, how these people are fired up and what they're fired up from. Precisely. Now, I know that there is a group on Facebook mm-hmm. that full of um, anti-science pro-death people, okay. and they were saying this... We're having a new protest. We're going to stop this lockdown. Yeah. And they were recommending everyone who joined it to wear high-vis stuff. Well, I, I think the $2 shop uh, would have had a run on high-vis uh, equipment during the week, uh, boots and high-vis jackets. Well, I should tell you something here, bag man. I was there. We're at the $2 shop at the demo. <laughs> I didn't mean to be at the demo. I was at the market with my grandson getting some oh, cheese, yeah. ah. buying cheese, and oh, we the bus couldn't go into the market. It had to go all around these other ways. And yeah. I looked out the window and saw a number of people, and we were stopped and slowed. And I looked at their faces. I didn't recognise anybody. And then I saw a number of men at the market walking through the market down towards Elizabeth Street, down towards the CFMEU building, and I didn't recognise one of them either, and they all had brand new high-vis gear on. 
I mean, any crowd that's got building workers in it, I'm going to know half of them for, for a start. Mm. Same as you. Well, um, I, I should imagine that uh, in their long walk up to the CFMEU office, they also stopped at a pub somewhere because one of the weapons that they were using in their drunken frivolity uh, were cans of beer, which they were throwing at the building and the building officials who were trying to, to guard it. Now, I've got to say, Susan, and you know that I'm a former official at the CFMEU and a long-time friend and comrade of the late and great trade unionist John Cummins. Cummo lived and breathed the union movement and he would be disgusted by the attitude of some people who have allowed themselves to be duped by the actions and baseless conspiracy theorists and anti-vaxxers. Now, a very small number of anti-working class members are trying to hijack the union for their own conflicted and dangerous attitude. Now, dare to struggle and dare to win was the mantra Camo dedicated his life to, but that noble, noble ideal is being tarnished by the actions of a very small few. That's very sad, too. Yes. Enraged, enraged, frenzied men. Yep. There, was, ca- there was scarcely yep. any women, but I'll tell you one woman who was there, someone yeah. you know. She's well, going to get the gold medal from me this week. I'm talking about a brave woman who confronted the uh, demonstrators that were there and done with enormous courage. Now, Vivian Marrow is a presenter at 3CR and has been for a long time. Now, she said that 99% of men were protesting, many racists amongst them. Now, Vivian went up and actually challenged those men, courageous as it was, and she said, as a First Nation person... I demand that you look after the health of every Australian and you're not doing it because refuse to be vaccinated. But there goes, I give her the gold medal for this whole year. Well, I'll second that. I'll make sure she gets one. But I was going to say there was a woman there that you know of and she's the one that put the hex (laughs) The hex on uh, Dan Andrews. Yep. She's she's um usually known as Bunnings Karen. Bunnings Karen. Look, her name I just don't uh, remember at the moment. We don't have to I'm, know it. I'm not ashamed of not remembering her name. Um, yeah, Bunnings Karen. Yeah, that's right. She was she practices witchcraft and she put a spell on Dan Andrews about. 18 months ago. Well, that worked well, didn't it? Well, I'll tell you something. She's not a member of the CFMEU, and she's she's certainly not a construction worker. No, look, look, there were very, very small members of the construction union there. And I know that the construction union has been sorting through the photographs that have been taken from people who damaged the union's property uh, because yeah, 
because you're a member of the union, doesn't mean you're allowed to damage the union property. But uh, John Sedka has come out today and said, and take into account this is Wednesday, uh, has said those people, well, they're going to solve the fruit picking crisis in Victoria because they won't have jobs anywhere else. They may as well go and pick fruit uh, in the far west of, uh, of Victoria. Yeah, indeed. Mm. As, long, as long as they're vaccinated. <laughs> well, when a job relies on it, uh, they will soon change their principles. But what concerns me, Susan, is that the number of people that were protesting the other day was estimated at 2,000. Now, they were drunken yobbos, uh, they were violent, uh, they attacked the police and whatever. But what concerns me is that those men, and 99.9% of men except for Bunnings Karen, will go home to their families and they will uh, infect their families with this deadly virus because of the principle that they didn't want to get vaccinated and, uh, and the union uh, is suggesting that they do. I don't know what's wrong with people. I really don't know what's wrong with them. They're, well, sa they're saying stop the lockdown. And the more they get out on the streets, the more we have to lock down. I don't think they're concerned about the lockdown at all. I think they just wanted to get out there and behave like the absolute right-wing assholes that they are. Well, I, my, my old man said to me many years ago, and I, I know he came up with some good ones, you know, don't worry, son, the revolution's just around the corner. It's a very long corner. Uh, but he said many years ago, you can't put brains in monuments. And these people, just like stone monuments, whatever they read in the newspaper, whatever they read uh, on the internet, and I think the internet is an evil device. Whatever they read on the internet, uh, they take it for granted. It's like whatever you read in the Herald Sun, you know, you believe it. Yeah, sad. Well, it is sad. It is very sad. And, uh, you know, I really am going to feel sorry for those families because they didn't ask to be inflicted uh, with this deadly virus because their male partners, husbands, fathers and whatever wanted to attend a demonstration, didn't want to abide by the health and safety rules on work sites, and they will take the virus home to their families. It really is a sad story, Susan. I'd hate to be the wife of one of them. Well, I suppose when you go home and you're wearing your uh, Bash Your Wife T-shirt, uh, because you wouldn't be wearing a, a CFMEU one, you got no choice. Yeah, well, ah. Uh... Anyway, Bagman. Oh, anyway. Is, is it all doom and gloom this week? I don't know. Is it all doom and gloom this week? Oh, look, I'm, I'm starting to look up, Susan. I'm starting to see the dates when we will end this lockdown. And if we ha have a look at today, we're talking about Wednesday. Wednesday's demonstration was attended by less than 200 people who have simply marched around the town, uh, have occupied the Shrine of Remembrance, 
Now, I thought the shine of remembrance was a holy sight as far as uh, governments and conservative uh, thinkers uh, go. But uh, they've occupied uh, the shrine uh, of remembrance. And all they're doing now is waltzing around town, uh, walking around town, keeping the police on their toes and all they're wasting taxpayers' money. Good time to rob a bank. Well, it would be a good time to rob a bank, but nobody robs them these days, Susan, except with a ballpoint pen. Now, one thing that does concern me, Susan, is that when we get out of lockdown and when we've been double vaccinated and when we can go into hotels, restaurants, sporting events and whatever, we are going to have many violent attacks on the people that are going to see that people are not allowed into venues if they're not double-vaxxed. We've already seen that in America, where people who are up front of the house are saying, no, you can't come in here because you haven't been double-vaxxed, have been bashed. And the same thing is going to happen here. And some poor man or woman at the front of a coffee shop or a restaurant is in danger of being uh, physically assaulted by these morons that are walking the streets today. Yeah, I'm afraid so. Mm. Yeah, that was great to see that uh, that guy carrying the Donald Trump flag. As soon as I soon as I seen that, I thought, ah, we've won that. We've won this. No problem. But uh, going back to something important, uh, did you feel it? I felt it this morning. Oh, yes, of course I did. That earthquake. Me and, me and Anne, Anne Taylor from the Education Union, were sitting in the kitchen and it started with a small rumble, then it got bigger and it got bigger. And we looked. I, look, I looked at Anne and I said, that's an earthquake. And I seen all the birds rushing out of the trees, yeah. the cats and dogs jumping over the fence, uh, donkeys and horses uh, trampling down my garden. And it surely was. It was an earthquake, uh, which I've never, ever experienced before. Really? No, I've never experienced an earthquake. In Melbourne? You come from Melbourne? Never. Never. You've never felt an earth tremor in Melbourne before? No, I haven't. I must have felt a dozen, at least. From my childhood on, we always had earth tremors. Melbourne Melbourne is on a fault line, the Selwyn Fault. The, yeah. the, lo- the loca- locus of that is um, in Frankston, actually. But then earth tremors and the earth shakes and it's the windows rattle. This morning I thought, this is a big earth tremor because my coffee cup went off the kitchen table onto the floor, smash. My, cat, my cat was running up the, the curtains. A big rumble for a long time. I was afraid that my TV would fall off the wall. Well, oh, I literally went out and the TV went off and the radio didn't work, but it came back on um, uh, in the end, so nothing to worry about. Yeah. Until the next earthquake. But this wasn't a Melbourne tremor from the Melbourne fault line. This was a volcano. Really? The volcano up there at Mount Buller. Is there? Yeah, of course there is. I'm I'm learning something every day. There are... There are more than 30 volcanoes in Victoria. 
they are not extinct. They are dormant. No, I think you're pulling both of my no. right now. No, heaven's sake, Bagman. 30 it's... volcanoes in Victoria. Why yeah. wasn't I told? What do you think your house is built on? I, I personally live on the Mary Creek. I live on a jointed basalt column, which is part mm. of a, one of the fingers of lava that came from Mount Buller oh, quite a mm. long time ago now. Oh, and, wow. and, and the big quarry. Even before your time. Even before my time, even before yours, even before your father's time. And the quarry that used to be down near me on the creek, uh, which is where the men there achieved the eight-hour day in 1856, that mm. quarry, they quarried out of that the beautiful basalt, the bluestone, that's built so many wonderful buildings in Melbourne. All that bluestone, that's all lava. Oh, and, my God. And, oh. when you, and when you look across from Melbourne, you look over to the west, look to the west, young man, look to the west. Mm. And you'll see that great plain that goes all across the west of Victoria. That's the lava flow. Yeah, good. All right. And, well, and, I've and learned something. But as I said, that volcano up there is dormant and it is uh, tipped. It, we know it will erupt soon. But it will erupt soon in geological time. Yeah, like, right. I mean, like geologically speaking soon, maybe a couple of thousand years. All right. Okay, now just to give people a bit of confidence and something to look forward to in the future, we've seen 200 people marching in the streets today, anti-vaxxers and conspiracy theorists, whatever. But take into account, on the weekend, 30,000 Victorians made the effort to line up and go and get the vaccination which will keep them and their families safe. And I think something like 59,000 people last week on one day went to the Queensland Vaccination Centre and got vaccinated. So there is hope there for us. We will come out of this lockdown. There um, is. But, um, well, we will, but we are going to leave those anti-vaxxers, uh, those conspiracy theorists, in our wake. I'll get that word out one day, Susan. Anyway, no yeah, anyway, it's uh, it's probably time for us to shuffle off the mortal coil. No, no, not to shuffle off the mortal coil, my dear. No way. <laughs> okay, so let's go out in the same old way. Just before we do, I'd mm -hmm. like to ask, and how is Anne going? Oh, she's going well. Um, her hip is uh, uh, mending furiously. And she's uh, not adverse to giving a few orders about uh, housework items that need to be done. So I know she's uh, back in full health. I'm glad that Anne is well and she's back home with you and I'm glad to see you doing the housework. Yeah, good on you, Susan. Okay, well, let's go out in the same old way again. Why not? Dare to struggle. Dare to win. You don't fight. You lose. Morning from left after breakfast. Thanks for joining us on Left After Breakfast today and we'll see you again, same time, same place. Music.